just was thinking about what to preach, and as I was studying, a particular subject really just jumped off the page to me today, and I feel like it's what we ought to spend today on. And I don't know, maybe it'll be more, but at least today on this subject. And I called it, What is in Praise? What is in Praise? If there's anything we need to know, and what I've learned over the years about about exploits and in, and been, and have been encouraged and learned is that that praise real praise is involved in exploits look at somebody and say real praise is involved in exploits i grew up in 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 holy ghost churches is the way i'll put it and it was places where they would really praise God. I mean, just really praise God. And at times, people thought they were just crazy. You know, real praisers, you can, you, you know, I mean, people just thought they were off the other end of the earth. And, you know, because it was supposed to be stagnant, static, and you come to church, kind of go through religious rituals and those kinds of things, and that that would work. But I grew up in churches where, I mean, I mean, it was real praise. I mean, people really did business with God. They made a decision that they were going to really give a praise to the Lord. I didn't really understand what it was. I mean, as a young person, you just follow suit. You know, you just jump in the river. But I, I always saw that those churches had great exploits. They might not have been very famous because people didn't understand what they were doing. There wasn't an understanding of what praise was. And so because there wasn't a real understanding of what praise was, you know, the, the, the world kind of rejected it like it was loud and obnoxious and why would you go there and they make a lot of noise and, you know, some of them are just, you know, and so you would kind of reject that stuff not knowing and it, it has to do, most of what we fail at is because of a lack of real teaching. It's a lack of teaching and so it's good to have both sides of an emphasis or both sides of a structure, but you have to have both and if you're only limited to one side, if all you hear is one thing, then you're not, you're limited. Amen. And I mean, you know, they're just, you know, I, I, you know, I'm, I'm funny like this, but I've had vanilla ice cream. I'm a fan of vanilla. Now, I know the difference in vanilla ice cream. Does anybody understand what I'm talking about? You could tell me if you've never had vanilla ice cream and you could explain to me what vanilla was, you would give me some characteristics. You could give me some, you know, you could give me the uh, caloric details. You could give me information about those kinds of things you could give me calorie counts you could give me what you know i mean uh, uh chemical compositions and all those things but you could never tell me how it tasted does anybody understand what i'm talking about you could never clearly indicate to me the smooth you know you have ice cream and it can come in different textures yeah let me know what i'm talking about and and i mean the texture can be smooth and creamy it can be it can be light and watery like a milky stuff you know if you go over and you get some ice cream some vanilla ice cream from from uh, chick-fil-a it's not thick like it is from uh cold stone does anybody know what i'm talking about so you might have some form of definition based on a a, a ethereal idea but you don't really know what it tastes like i've already been there i've already tasted it and and so i have an expression or an understanding about the ice cream that you don't have. If all you have is the chemical composition of the ice cream, then you're limited. And so you need the deeper, broader understanding of that. Every church isn't just hoopla and crazy. You ever been where every service is just flipping out? Be honest. Come on, raise your hands. They all got people gathered around them. Come on, y'all act like y'all. Oh, some of y'all are so religious. 
Have y'all ever been there where they, I mean, somebody go to dance and go crazy and all of a sudden the whole group gathers around and they're all, come on. How about, how about old time Pentecost? Some of you came up at old time Pentecost. If you came up to get baptized in the Holy Ghost, 10,000 people stand around you screaming at you. Am I telling the truth? You grew up like this. I mean, and you'd be up there and they'd be talking to you and one guy'd be yelling, say it, say it, say it, get it out, say it. Somebody else would be on the other side, shut up, shut up, stop talking, let God come. Am I the only one? Somebody be beating you with a fan. Come on, we've been to all those places. And so there's some of this stuff, I mean, just, 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 you know, I mean, you know, you get a good two beat going. We can just about get anybody dancing. Somebody come on. You know what I'm talking about. I've had some experiences. I had one lady take off off the platform. She got touched by the Holy Ghost and she just took off a running, come across the front of this thing. And I tell you, the front end of her got heavier than the back end. The next thing I know, she was coming out and you could just see she was about to die. She started rolling on the ground. If anybody, am I the only one been there? And how many of you can say, I ain't never been in any of that? Because there's people in this room saying, uh-uh, I'm not going into any of that stuff. That's just crazy. Well, it's not. It's expressions of God. It's the form of praise and worship. Praise and worship is something that we do. The Bible called it the sacrifice of a praise. Look at somebody say, it's a sacrifice. That means it didn't give itself up. You understand that it doesn't give itself up. Anybody ever used a, anybody fish? Raise your hand if you've ever fished. Raise your hand. How many of you have never fished? I need to take y'all on a trip. We need to go on a fishing trip, amen? But you got to put bait on the hook, and it's best to use live bait. You may know what I'm talking about. You go down to the worm store, get you some worms or crickets, or you go down, maybe if you're going to go out, go out to the ocean, you got to get you some shrimp. Anybody got some shrimp? And you got to put that shrimp on there. Well, they don't like it. Somebody say amen. When you hook a worm, he starts to wiggling, man. I mean, he's trying to get off the hook. He did not volunteer to get on that hook. He didn't look up at you and say, put me on the hook, man. Right? You had to put him sacrificially on the hook. Say amen. Amen. Praise is a sacrifice. It requires us to sacrifice something. Well, what are we sacrificing? We're, We're sacrificing physical and emotional things. We give up of our physical lives. We come in. The Bible says it this way. I will enter his gates with thanksgiving in my heart. And I will enter his courts with praise. (coughs) You've heard me say this before. You know, when you walk through the door of a church, before you ever actually come through the two doors or a door, you were to have a suitcase packed inside of your suitcase or clothe the ability to clothe yourself in praise and worship. You have the ability to do that. Some of you have never really expressed your worship. When he says, lift up holy hands without wrath or doubt, you're like this. Some of you are like this. Come on, because you have never really saw that as something to do. And you've never raised your voice. You've never sacrificed your voice for God. You know, singing a song. And maybe you sing, but it's a silent singing. I mean, you just say, I just want to be heard in the shower by myself. I always sound good to me. Somebody say amen. Amen. But we're to come singing. Amen. We're to come worshiping. We came with our bags packed for praise and for worship. We came ready to give that up. 
many people just wait on the music to come. And if the music just right now, I grew up where all we had was spoons at a time. And some of y'all, y'all, y'all act like, listen, I didn't grow up with music sounding like this. That, hey, listen, listen, Samuel can sing. I mean, if we all we had was Sammy singing, I thank God for all the other singers. How many glad we got great singers at Family Worship Center? And more to come. I mean, we, I mean, man, I mean, I heard, I heard, uh, 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 the, the guitar this morning. I actually heard him playing. How many like that? We finally, we finally turned it up. We could actually hear a guitar. I'm excited. 20 years of ministry. I finally heard a guitar. Y'all laugh, but it's about the truth. It just gets shadowed under stuff. <laughs> she used to do the music here at Family Worship Center for years. She did the music here. We could never get anything in. You couldn't hear anybody sing. <laughs> I got a guitar this morning. 20 years. <laughs> so I'm saying to you, though, we come with, a, with an emphasis on giving something. We come expecting to give. Look at somebody and say, we are supposed to give. We're supposed to give. Now, praise has a couple of elements to it. Now, I want to make sure that I, I don't define praise simply as one side. So I'm going to give you the first side. The first side of praise is that we thank God for what he has done. Thank God for what he has done. Raise your hand if God's done something for you. If nothing else, you got saved. That's something. Somebody ought to say amen. Now, how many of you is God doing something for now? Right here, while you're seated, he's doing something for you. Everybody in this room should raise their hand because he is. Miracles. I watch people get in church and their lives are total messes. You give me a little while. Just give me a little while. We get the word in them. We get the process of God. We get the process of his things inside of them. And things begin to transition. There's some people that transitions for just immediately. I get excited about that. I love that. I can see they call me up and say, I've got a testimony for you. Then they tell me their testimony about how God brought them out, how God turned a situation around, how God flipped out a situation and flipped terms. I mean, it's just amazing, you know, what God is doing. You know, I, I, I mean, I, I just, you know, I can just go on. I can tell you so many stories. I can tell you stories from this week that would just be, that are just amazing about that you knew God did it. God performed it. So God's doing it right now. How many believe God's going to do things for you tomorrow? Amen. So he did yesterday. He does today and he does tomorrow. He's the same yesterday. He's the same today and he's the same tomorrow. Now anybody that tells you that there's only a God that performed in seasons, that God had seasonal work that he did, doesn't understand the principle that God is the same yesterday. All right, look at somebody real quick. Say, God is the same yesterday. Today and forever. You know, I always do this, and I just look around. It's kind of fun to do this because most people hate to look at each other and talk. That's why texting works so well because everybody can hide from their voice. Nobody wants to hear themselves. All right, I'm going to try it one more time. Look at somebody, even if they don't want to look at you. (laughs) Even if you had a fight on the way to church. You know, husbands and wives get into that on the way. You understand what I'm talking about? You come to church. The only time you fight, the only time it rains is Sunday. You ever know that your kids only get sick Saturday night? Amen. <laughs> it's about truth, right? All right, you find somebody. Say, Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. See, if he did miracles, he's still doing them. If he performed healings, he still performs them. 
Whatever he was, he is. And whatever he is, he will be. And we can't define him into some seasonal work. He's the same. So there is something we can do to access what God is. Our job, our desire is to access what God is. To find out how I can, uh, to bring to me what God is doing. If he's the same, then it's about me. And so praise and worship is about me accessing God's benefits. About me releasing those benefits. Now, if we were standing at an electric outlet this morning and, you know, any one of you was at the outlet and I took him and we went over to the outlet and we both had a fork and I stuck my fork in the outlet. We all know we get lit, right? You may know what I'm talking about. When we first started the church, I had this young guy, you know, we just did everything ourselves. We do electricity, we do air conditioning, we did everything because we were just, just getting started. And this mother had brought this boy to the church and he was probably, I don't know, I'd say 18. But she was trying to get him to come out of some self-loathing stuff and change. And I told him, you bring him to the church, I'm going to fix that boy. You bring him here, I'm good with little boys, I'm good. So she brought him to the church and I put him to work with us, put him up on a ladder. And we had a light fixture in the ceiling that wouldn't go out. You remember that, Brother Richard? We couldn't get that light. They had rewired or wired it wrong. So that the electrical outlets that run all the emergency lighting were running through the whole whole system. And we could not cut anything off. Eventually there'd be I, I remember one time lightning struck the church, blew out all the electricity, and, and the lights that we had on the ceiling, we used to put a uh, like a fifty foot tree on top of that little tiny building on Palmetta. Yep. Looked like a hat. Yep. The light on the top of the not plugged into anything was still lit. <laughs> Wasn't it? I mean still lit. How was it lit? Because they had wired this building on somehow. It, I don't know how to explain. So this poor kid got up there and he hit that that wire. And I'm telling you, everything went out. The entire electricity, everything went out. All we saw was blue. <laughs> it just went blue. When, the, when we were able to get the lights back on, he was still standing on the ladder shaking. <laughs> I, 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 he couldn't talk. Lord, how we survived all that stuff. How did we make it? Do you know? It had to be God. Because I wasn't, I should have been more cautious, shouldn't I? Thank God for the mercy. Just look at somebody and say, God gave that man mercy. Lord, I should have been in jail. Thank God I didn't go to jail. He got down off that ladder, walked straight out the front door, and we never saw him again. Never saw him. He never came back. I had Roger over here. We had just gotten this building. We started working on this building. And Roger come over here. And we were tearing stuff out. And I had him with a, a big sledgehammer. You remember that? Here, I said, just knock that off. Knock that off. And he hit one of the metal poles. You know what I'm talking about? Like a metal pole. And all of a sudden I heard, ding. Have you ever heard that ding that you know wasn't the, it was hitting something that wasn't wood or metal? Yeah. That's what I heard. I heard him going, Poop, ding. And it had hit him in the back. And it bounced off that pole and hit him right in the middle of the head. Yeah. And we had to send him to the emergency room to get stitches. Is this terrible or what? Well, thank God he stayed. He's still here. Thank yeah. you, Jesus. He just got a little dent in his forehead. If you wonder what that was, that's where that came from. I think it helped him think a little straighter, a little clearer. Amen. Say amen. I told a lady one time that we were we wanted to clean the building up, and I gave her a pressure washer. Told her I want you to go into the bathrooms and pressure wash the entire bathroom for me. Well, she got in there with that pressure washer and started pressure washing. Well, when you put a uh, when you when you spray a pressure washer in the toilet, it's not pretty. 
you can imagine. It just exploded in the bathroom all over her, all over the walls. It just looked like it was just a flood coming out of there. And somehow she missed the toilet and took off all of her toenails. <laughs> we hire everyone to do the work today. Pastor Steve does not do the work at Family Worship Center anymore. It's become much safer. <laughs> much, much more. Much more safe. Thank God for wisdom. Just point your hands up here and say, give Pastor Steve wisdom. Come on, tell him, give Pastor Steve wisdom. Amen. Knowing, praising God is, a, is an art that every believer has to come in. Sometimes we come in and we don't praise because we got stuff in our life. And I just want to encourage you to get the stuff out. Make decisions that, that are going to lead you to a place where you have nothing between you and God. Some of the fears that you have about future relationships or future with you is bound in past relationships. And you're afraid to make future decisions because of past failures or whatever. And you don't want this one to turn out that way. Well, I'll tell you this. The Bible says that, like for instance, like marriage. The Bible says better to marry than to burn. Well, that's two ways. Number one, if you're not married, you're burning. Nobody shouted on that, but it's true anyhow. And he says, don't do that. So I would just encourage you, search it out, look it over, and make decisions that are in the benefits so that you can have the, what did I say praise was going to do? Bring what? Blessings. You're going to access blessings to your life. God wants you to access more income, more, more benefit, more healing, more recovery, more to your family, more to you. And he wants to pour into your life. Look at somebody say, God wants more for you. God wants more for you. And so praise is essential. When we come to church, we have to be a praising church. When we come, we have to come through and not wait on whether or not the music is just right. Not wait on all those things. And try to just access God through praise. I want you to read this with me. I'm going to read this off the screen. And I think it would be good for us. It's just, this is teaching today. I'm not trying to run, jump, shout, hoot, and holler. So I want you to get this. The Bible is filled with examples of people worshiping the Lord through a wide variety of different types of praise. Praise lifts our hearts and our spirits and helps us to focus on something bigger than the mundane problems that plague our daily lives. Praise helps us to give honor to the Lord who is the only one worthy to be praised. Praise reminds us that God's worked miracles in our lives and in the Bible and is still working today. But sometimes we can get confused about how we should praise the Lord because we see so many differences between churches that we may attend at different times. Part of that confusion is caused by the fact that various English versions of the Bible use single words as praise to mean very different things from what they were originally written in the Bible. Though there are a handful of words that we cannot translate as well as would, we would like, most of the time the word praise refers to one of six Hebrew words or one of three Greek words. To fully understand what, the, what this means to praise the Lord, we need to look at each of those Hebrew and Greek words. See, there are times we really do need to look at the wording, real wording, to understand what the Bible's trying to say. So you can know what praise and worship is. See, if you don't know, you're just limited to what somebody told you it was. How about we look at it? So let's go to these, these words. Each of these Hebrew and Greek words has a slightly different meaning and takes all of them together. It takes every one of them for us to realize the whole picture of what praise really is. Because these were different words in the original scriptures, the early readers of the Bible knew what it meant when one of those words was used. But we've lost the understanding unless we take the time to learn it. Halal. Many of you don't know this, but the word hallelujah comes from this word. 
This is the first word that I want to go through. Halal. Halal is a, is a Hebrew word for praise. The word that we get hallelujah comes from this word. It means to be clear, to shine, to boast, to rave, to celebrate. You see it? It means to shine, to boast. When I sing hallelujah, I'm saying I want this to be clear. I want it to shine. I want a boasting. I want to rave. I want to celebrate. Psalms 113, 1-3 says this. Halal the Lord. Halal, O servants of the Lord. Praise or halal the name of the Lord. So he's explaining to us that we are to be clear, to shine, to boast, and to rave or to celebrate. That's why when we sing hallelujah for us, it's a slow song or whatever it is. But the reality is, is God is telling us to rave about him. To rave about what he has done. To to give glory to him. To present to him. When we come, we are to bring true boasting. Raving. To celebrate. My son is trying to play football. It's all fun. I am having a good time with it. And it's off and on. Things are good. Things are not so good. Especially for dad. Good for him. But anytime he gets to play, I can't help but keep, I got to open my mouth. I, I just got, you know. And so he does anything good, I halal. Does anybody understand what I just said? So everybody hears old Pastor Steve on the sideline. Way to go, Brian! Uh, y'all aren't out there, but if you were, I was in the, in the booth yesterday running to have him run the clock. And he had snapped the ball a couple of times really good. So I'm yelling from the booth. Great job, Brian! true right i mean if you can't do anything else i'm gonna praise what you do do right in his case that's how i did so for us to come in church we said god has done god is doing and he's going to do i am to boast to shine to rave and to celebrate him do you feel today just dealing with this just this one word do you feel during our praise and worship you did that some are going yeah but i think a few of us are going like i'm too tired i didn't get up early enough and i had no food no, we got to halal. All right, let's look at another verse. Number two. I, I want to skip on. Number two, shabak. The word shabak. Shabak is a Hebrew word that means to shout, to address in a loud tone, to command or to triumph. Psalm 145.4, one generation shall shabak your works and the other shall declare your mighty acts. Isaiah 12.6, cry aloud and shabak for joy. O inhabitants of Zion, for great in the midst is the Holy One of Israel. We are to come in with a shout. Let the redeemed of the Lord, every single believer. See, this is, this is again, I'm trying to express to you the fact that you don't know what was taught. May You may be, have, have antithesis towards what we've done and said, that's just a little over the edge. But God said believers were to come into the house of the Lord. You and I are to come in here and we are to have a Shabbat. We're to have a halal, which is to glorify God, lift him up. But secondly, we're to shout and give glory to him. Go to the next, uh, to my next uh, PowerPoint slide. I don't do this very much. The next one is yada or tauda. Yada is a Hebrew word which means to extend in hand or to throw out your hand. Tadal comes from the word yada, which means the same thing, but specifically focused on adoration and the worship of God. So we are to extend our hands. We are to extend our hands. When Pastor Stephen says, raise your hands, it shouldn't be like, don't tell me to raise my hand. I get that. I get that. Like, you ain't going to tell me what to do. I'm from South Carolina. <laughs> no, we are to raise our hands, 
Jesus said it this way, or the disciples said it this way, lifting up holy hands without wrath and doubt. We're to lift those, extend our hands. Extending our hand to God. So we're shouting. We're extending our hand. And we're giving Him uh, uh, glory for what He's done. Presenting glory to Him when we come in. So when we walk through the door, we're to come and enter His gates with thanksgiving. Enter His courts with praise. We're to come in and do these things. You're to be lifting your hands. You're to be shouting. You're, You're to be giving glory. Every one of us. I had a band tell me one time back when I was younger, you know, you could dance a whole lot better when you were younger. You get a little bit older, it slows down. And the, I just I remember him telling me, you know what I'm saying? When you get a little bit older, that's all going to slow down. And it is true, but it doesn't stop. Somebody ought to say amen. What used to be a whole lot of... Now it looks more like... But it's something. You understand? Extending your hand. Psalm 107.15 Oh that men would yada the Lord for his goodness and for his wonderful works to his children of men. Psalm 63.1 So I will praise you as long as I live. I will yada you and lift up my hands in your name. Jeremiah 33.11 Praise Todah the Lord of hosts. For the Lord is good and his faithfulness and his love endure forever. You see it? Next one. Number four. Barak. Barak is a Hebrew word that means to kneel down or to bless God. The act of adoration. We used to have people that would, during the praise and worship, we they'd get down on their knees. And, you know, the people that were new to the church, they'd just get all offended by that. Oh, they got all spiritual. And some woman just knelt down at the front seat. Oh. But it's part of praise and worship. Amen. If we know and understand the value of praise and worship, and we understand these words and what they say, you and I should not be offended when somebody puts themselves before the Lord. When we pray, when we pray in prayer, when many times when I pray, the reason I get down on my face is because it's a position of Barak. It's a position of worship. It's a position of praise. It's a position that says, God, you're worthy and you're worth more than I'm giving you. And that you, you, you deserve my praise. You deserve my worship. And so I get on my face before him. Next, next slide. <coughs> Barak, this aspect of praise is similar to Yada and Tadal in that it involves using your body to praise the Lord. It is the use of your physical body. That's why when people dance or they jump up and down or they leap, the Bible says that they went about leaping and jumping and praising God. Remember the man that got healed? He went leaping and jumping and praising God. That's why we leap and jump because it is a sacrifice of our physical body to the Lord. When you come and you walk through the door, you're, you are expected to praise him. Let every breath praise me, he said. Praise you the Lord. Praise him on the timbers and dance. Praise him with the instruments. You're to come expecting your I expect, God expects, that you came understanding that you're going to perform these things. You're going to lift your hands. You're going to prostrate your body. You're going to present your body. You're going to shout with loud voices. You're going to extol him, worship him, edify him, lift him up and bless him as you walk through the door. It's in your briefcase. You came with it. If you didn't come that way, you're deficit. You're missing something important. You're not truly moving in the way God wants you to move. And the blessings that we're talking about, I have come to know. And I can show you throughout scriptures how many people and how many times that praise was introduced in any situation and that praise was a breakthrough moment. 
We know that to be true. When they came to the walls of Jericho, immediately at the walls of Jericho, a breakthrough came, and it came because they presented praise to God. God enters your praise. He inhabits the praises. Look at somebody say, He inhabits the praises. When you do what you do, when you sing, when you play, when you do those things, you are presenting to God a piece of who you are so that God can infiltrate your peace. So he can jump in what you do. And so he can say, okay, I can come into that and I can tear down walls. They said the wall around Jericho was so large that even though it was tore down, it should have still been too large for people to overcome. I don't know what happened to the wall, but the Bible says it became a clear space. In other words, if it had to sink in the ground. You just think a wall fell over. It wasn't like a wall fell over. God opened up the ground before them to have a victory. It was supernatural victory. When we praise God, when you're at your worst time, when you're going through your worst difficulty, when you're staggering, when things are troublesome, when issues have come against you, open up your mouth, lift up your hands, shout to the Lord. Say, I've been created by a mighty God who is always the same. He never let me down. He isn't letting me down. And he is never going to let me down. I wish somebody would shout out amen. If you've got trouble in trial right now, here's your moment. Just go ahead and give him a shout. Go ahead and shout out to God. It's going to be okay. God's going to turn it all around. He's got a way out where nobody thinks there's a way out. I serve an almighty, all-wonderful, all-tremendous healing Jesus Christ. He's able to do exceedingly, abundantly. Somebody ought to shout in this room. Come on, somebody. I'm preaching on praise, and I got about 2% of you, really, a a few of you that understand. It's time to start moving your little wings. It's time to get your hands rolling a little bit. Stomp your foot a little bit. Come on, God is for you. And if God be for you, tell me what can be against you. Glory to God. I'm I'm going to get there. Sooner or later, I'm going to get everybody in this room understanding. Somebody's going, okay, I can do that. Somebody's going to just go ahead and shout out hallelujah. I don't care. We ain't going to hear you anyway. Just go ahead. God is the one that hears it. God knows what you're saying. God knows what you're saying. Shout it out. This ain't my words. I didn't make this stuff up. Glory to God. All right, sit down, sit down, sit down. It's not just lifting our hands, but it's using our whole body, our whole body to worship Him. Through this attitude of our worship, our hearts, it's more important that we position our body. Sometimes we just feel close to the Lord when we do this. Next word. Okay, this can be done privately or at home, kneeling and praying. This can be done publicly or kneeling on a bench. This can be done spontaneously by kneeling anywhere, anytime. This point of praise and worship is to huddle ourselves or humble ourselves before God, the King of Kings, by kneeling before Him and acknowledging that He's greater than we are. You may not think, you may not think you need the Lord, but I got news for you. I got news. You better know Him because you need Him. You better know Him because you need Him. 
just about the time you think everything is okay and all is all well. We have a devil who goes about seeking whom he may devour. You better have a praise on your lips. You better have something that can tear down the problems that come your way. You better have a joy that nobody else gave you. This joy that I have, the world didn't give it to me and the world can't take it away. We got to come down off of a prideful state to think that we can't praise him. I'll tell you what, I want a church that's not afraid to walk through the door. They came in with praise on one side and worship on the other. And they say, thank the Lord. I'm coming in to say, thank God. You kept me. You kept my car on the road. You kept my tires from blowing out. You kept breath in my lungs. You held it together when nothing could hold it together. You saw me around the curve that I could not see. You steered me in a direction I didn't know. When they said they were going to fire me, I didn't even know it, but God kept me on the job. When they said I wasn't able, God said, you are able. You can do this. Because greater is he that's in me. I'm preaching good enough for some more shouting than that. I done lifted my voice. Now's your moment. Glory to God. He is good and his mercy endures forever. For the Lord is good and his mercy endures forever. Thank God I serve a good, 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 good. Hallelujah. I know. You think, well, I might be losing it. I am. When I get to praising God, something takes over. Something on the inside rises up. Some kind of joy. Something just bursts up out of the house. God is in me and he's for me. If you hadn't stood up yet, I'm still waiting. Number five. Zamar. Sit down, sit down, sit down. Zamar is a Hebrew word that means to pluck a string of an instrument. I get amazed when people who have instrumental talents and have instrumental abilities and have the ability to present to God a wonderful thing. I know you think you're showing it to the church. I know you think you're doing it for Pastor Steve. But I didn't make up the words of Mar. I didn't come up with the ability to use use your voice as a string. I'm not the one that said entertain me with strings of instrument. I'm not the one who said bring your talents into the house of God and present them to me. God said if you'll bring me a string. Just bring me a string, man. He didn't say you to have, even had to play it in two. Just bring me a string, man. Man, when you get an opportunity to use your string, it's mostly used in connection with playing musical instruments of joyful expression of worship. Man, I mean, I mean, when God, when you bring your talents to God and you present them to the Lord and you give them over to God, if he said he'll multiply your seed sown, I've seen some people who couldn't play nothing, who couldn't sing nothing, that God touched them and now they can sing and how they can play. I mean, I mean, God will touch the ability. 
when you give it to God, when you hand Him, here's my strength. I just got one strength. Psalm 57, 8 and 9, awake my glory, awake my harp and lyre. I will awaken and uh, uh, awaken the down. I will give thanks to him, O Lord, among the people. I will sing praises to you among the nations. I'll bring my harp and my voice. Next verse. Spirit-filled people who play musical instruments to the Lord are praising Him with their musical instruments. People who play musical instruments in worship are not performing. When I first started singing, I was on the turn-down microphone. Nobody understand what I'm talking about. Because at least I knew how to jump. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? Sometimes you put folk up there because they can move. At least I look good. I mean, I was hot. Y'all know I'm hot. <laughs> Nobody got that. I was talking about my looks. <laughs> and when I was younger, man, you know what I'm talking about? I could get up there and flex a little. <laughs> But I, I, I presented that and I gave, but I was on the muted mic. Now, I could hear it. Couldn't nobody else. <laughs> Has anybody ever been on the muted mic? And if you are here, I'm not telling you. <laughs> We've had muted mics. There's some folks I told they were on muted mics. Now, you're up there on a muted mic. Pastor Reggie called me in his office. My pastor called me and he said, come sit down with me. I said, okay. I sat down in the chair. He said, I want to play this for you. I want you to hear this. Tell me what you think of this. Tell me what you think. I had no idea what he was about to play for me. They had recorded my voice only. No music, no nothing. Now, it's bad enough when you have no music, no nothing. Anybody know what I'm talking about? But when you're bad, he hit the button. And it started playing. And I heard this guy singing wrong words. You can have... I didn't even know the words to the song. Jesus. I have never been so embarrassed in all my life. And he said to me, what are you going to do about that? I was so embarrassed. I said, Pastor, I am so embarrassed. He said, well, so are we. <laughs> See, y'all think I do this stuff because I love you. I do this stuff because I done been there. You know, when you've already been there. I said, I will improve. Started taking voice lessons, started doing things, started improving. And it wasn't long before my voice was off the mute and became something people could hear. Because God took my zamar. He took my offering. He took my different praise words. People who play musical instruments and worship are not performing. At least not if their hearts are in the right place. They are praising God. Listen to me, instruments. If you start giving me attitude about whether people can hear you or not, or whether you think, blah, 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 your heart is in the wrong spot. Many of us should apologize for how we felt about our worship. We should apologize for how limited we've given God. Things that are upsetting to us or irritating 
We have to get it right before the Lord because I'm not presenting Pastor Steve a worship. That's right. That's right. I can't have anything between me and the one who's receiving it. You know, worship is not about you. It's not whether or not you come and say, because people will drive by a church and say, man, they have the best praise and worship in town based on what they think. But I don't know what the God decided. Because it's presented to the Lord. Did they present what God wanted? Were we wearing what God wanted us to wear? Did we look like God wanted? Did we sing words that glorify God? Or did we just sing words? It's for God. What we do is for God. Look at somebody and say, it's for God. Next word. Tehillah. Tehillah is a Hebrew word that means to sing. Especially singing hymns or spiritual songs. Just as Zamar is praising instruments and to praise Tehillah uses voices engaged in song. Psalm 22, 3 says, yet you are Lord. You are holy. You are enthroned upon the praises of Israel. Psalm 33, 1, rejoice in the Lord. You righteous for praise or Tehillah is appropriate for the upright. Next word. Agalio. Agalio is a Greek word that means to jump for joy, to leap, or to exalt. It's sometimes translated as rejoice in the English Bible. Acts 16, 34, and then the jailer brought them into the house and set food before them. And great rejoicing, having believed in God with his whole heart, a whole household. Next, next slide. Sometimes we are overjoyed with what God is doing in our lives and we just can't sit still. We feel the need to move with some joyful expression of praise. Maybe we tap our foot or sway or dance or jump. However we move, we do it unto the Lord. Next verse. Proskunio is a Greek word that means to prostrate oneself and worship or reverence. It also sometimes means to worship. Revelations 5, 11 through 14. Then I looked and I heard with my voice many angels around the throne and the living creatures and the elders saying with a loud voice, worthy is the lamb which was slain. When they were around the throne, that's what they did. They worshiped this way. It's a glory and blessing and the elders fell down and they worshiped him. Next one. Just as sometimes we're so full of joy that we want to dance, other times we become so overwhelmed with God's holiness, we want to fall on the ground humiliated before the Lord. The aspect of praise is similar to the Hebrew Barak, but instead it's just bowing or kneeling. We take this type of praise further and lay prostrate before God. This can be a private or a public display of God's uh, humility before God, of our humility before God. Next verse. I can't say that one. Triambo. Sound good? Is a Greek word that means to celebrate a victory or to triumph. Second Corinthians two fourteen. Now we praise. Now praise be unto God who always comes to us in triumph in Christ and makes manifest the knowledge of our Savior through every through us in every place we go. This aspect of praise focuses on acknowledging the victory or the triumph in our lives. Next next slide. I think there's one. It usually includes sharing a testimony of how God did something great in our lives. The purpose of this type of praise is so that we acknowledge of Christ that by, it might be it might spread. It's also so that we know people how great our faith is in God. It also is about showing them how great Jesus is. This is the only aspect of praise that is more efficient in a group of at least two sitting uh, together than one. Finally, I think there's one more. 
conclusion. God made many types of praise so we all can praise Him and worship Him for the work that He has done for us and is doing for us individually. Each aspect of praise can help us grow in our relationship with the Lord so we should not be afraid to experience them. But it's okay that some work better than others for us. No one should look down at anyone else for using any particular aspect of praise since all the words are used in, interchangeably in Scripture, demonstrating that they are all equal before God. However, we praise Him. We must keep in our hearts focused not on ourselves, so that we do not make it a look-at-me show. I want us to do this. I want us to step up in our praise and worship. You see, you, you come in here and you, and, and you wonder why we why some people stand and worship. Because they're praising God. You wonder some why some people kneel down and get on their face before God. It's because they're praising God. Why do some people jump and, 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 and all those things? Listen, if you're not doing these things then there are aspects of your praise that you need to engage in. It's not because Pastor Steve wants to get up here and yell at y'all about praise. Because I've done all these things. I ask for all of these things. Because I know them to be true. I ask you to praise Him that way. I ask you to reverence Him that way. As we go forward, starting for the rest of the service, just before we go, I want us to sing one more time, How Great Thou Art. And I want you to come from your heart today with real praise, lifting your hands, lifting your voice. And really give him the adoration that he deserves. Why do we do this? Listen to me. I can tell you numerous times in my own experience. I talked about being from a little church. And how we would access the power of God. If you guys had come from some of these environments. I think you can think back in your lives over the years. You look back at the times in your life. There were great miracles. Not because there was a great pastor. Not because the board was amazing. But you look back and you think about what your church looked like. You think about how the people would praise and worship and lift their hands in joy. When you were kids and you sat there with mom when she was worshiping and praising and you just thought, man, that's crazy. No, she was acknowledging the word. How many want to acknowledge the word today? Shouldn't we just do what God wants us to do? This morning, God wants us to praise him. I want us to just elevate those words in our thinking. And you can come back and watch this online. Pull these words offline. Get them for yourselves. Come back to the next service to express worship and praise this way. We should come in and it should be full of life the next time we come. Even if even if it just seems like a bad music day, you provide the music. Say amen. Stand up on your feet.